a report investigating the Russia investigation that Republicans hope would be a weapon against the Biden campaign won't be ready until after the election. Mindy Kaling had a secret baby a whole month ago? And music legend Gloria Estefan is with us to talk about her new Facebook watch show, Red Table Talk, The Estefans. The date, October 9th, 2020. The time, music clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. All right, before we dive in, really quickly, there's a message from our DMs on Twitter that I feel like we have to address. It reads, correction, the Chicago pizza restaurant is called Lou Malnati's, not Malnati's. We Chicagoans ask for your respect of our beloved pizza. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel please, so Chicago, bad. Chicago, please still accept me into your windy arms. <laughs> your Midwestern, uh, we promise we are a real big city arms. Thank you. And I'm sorry. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from... Damn. I, I'm sorry. I... I, okay, so I was born on the East Coast, lived in the Midwest for like over a decade. And when people in college were like, I'm moving to the big city of Chicago, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and so I'm sorry. But the pizza is delicious. I, I think the pizza is very good. Okay, so talking about Chicago pizza started a minor war on our production team. So today we ask you, the listeners, to send us your hot takes about Chicago pizza. Will you defend it with your dying breath? Or do you think, like a certain nameless team member, that it is a casserole pretending to be a pizza? It's not me. I just want to be clear. It's not me. <laughs> Don't come for me. <laughs> so uh, if it is you, though, open up the voice memo app on your phone. Let us know what you think. Then send that file to newsoclock at buzzfeed.com. That's newsoclock, all one word. If we get enough of these, we'll play some of the best responses on the show next week. Okay, it's time for today's top stories. Here's what you need to know. First up, a report from the Department of Justice, which Trump allies hoped would prove that the Russia investigation was all a fraud, won't be coming out before the election. Last year, Attorney General Bill Barr tapped a U.S. attorney named John Durham to look into the origins of the Russia investigations. The hope among some Republicans had been that the Durham report would expose some embarrassing information that would show Trump was set up. But now Axios reports that the final draft won't be dropping before November 3rd, keeping it from being the political weapon that the Republicans were hoping for. A GOP congressional aide told Axios, quote, This is the nightmare scenario. Essentially, the year and a half of arguably the number one issue for the Republican base is virtually meaningless if this doesn't happen before the election. Next up, Hurricane Delta is heading for Louisiana, potentially hitting as a Category 3 storm by the time you hear this. After rolling over Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula, Delta is primed to hit the exact same area of Louisiana that was slammed by Hurricane Laura just six weeks ago. The state is still recovering from the damage caused by Laura, which was the most powerful storm to hit Louisiana in 160 years. Delta is looking to be less intense, but is forecasted to bring heavy rains to areas that are still recovering, with predicted storm surges of up to 11 feet. Flash flooding is predicted for several areas, and hurricane-force winds will likely continue through Saturday morning as the storm moves into central Louisiana. Delta will make history as the 10th named storm hit the U.S. this year, breaking a record of nine set back in 1916. It is the 25th named storm that's formed in the Atlantic in 2020, and the fourth named with a Greek letter after we ran out of the previously allocated names. And finally, this year's Nobel Peace Prize winner was announced this morning. And it goes to the World Food Program. 
The World Food Program is a UN agency based in Rome, founded in 1961, that helps feed about 90 million people a year. Like most UN bodies, its work is entirely voluntarily funded, which means the $1.1 million prize that comes from the Nobel Committee will go a decently long way. The Nobel Committee determined that the WFP this year deserved the prize because of its efforts during the coronavirus pandemic. Here's how the committee chair, Barrett Reese Anderson, explained it during today's announcement. In the face of the pandemic, the World Food Program has demonstrated an impressive ability to intensify its efforts. As the organization itself has stated, until the day we have a vaccine, food is the best vaccine against chaos. This is the sixth time that a UN body has won the Peace Prize. That includes UNICEF in 1965, three wins for the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees over the years, and the United Nations itself winning in 2001. That was a nice little update from you, Hayes. That I know. Doesn't, that doesn't come around often. I know. I felt like we had to throw it in there. So I, can I have a quick second to talk about one of the things that is a major pet peeve of mine that no one else cares about? Oh, please. And that is the fact that there is no, if you can say someone is a Nobel Peace Prize nominee, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Because basically any elected person from around the world can nominate anyone they want to, to be a Nobel Peace Prize winner. That's how Donald Trump has been nominated several times. Because there's no like official formal like winnowing out process. You just, someone can just send in their name as long as they're approved by the Nobel Committee. And you, congrats, you're a nominee. So you're telling me that it's like my dad, who's an elementary PE coach, uh, handing out participation uh, medals to all of his kindergartners. Yes. (laughs) Whether they ran the mile or not. (laughs) Correct. As long as you are cleared by the Nobel Committee to be a person who can submit names, you can can submit anyone you want. Doesn't matter the criteria. (laughs) They are a nominee at that point. Um, Okay, I do have a question about your first point when we were talking about the Russian hoax and Trump was hoping that, you know, something would come from that before the election so he could like, you know, distract everyone. Now that that's not an option, do you have any guesses of what his next, uh, what his next course is going to be? Oh, no, he's going to stick with this. So apparently Uh, he was on Rush Limbaugh today and he hadn't heard the news from Axios. So Limbaugh read it out to him and he's like, well, that's a disappointment because yeah, Trump noises. Uh, Because yeah, he still wants to hit this Obamagate thing as much as possible. This idea that they were spying on my campaign, the biggest scandal in political history. I should get four more years, which is a thing that he has said because the first four barely count because of this Russia thing. So, yeah, you haven't heard that one? (laughs) That nervous laughter is exactly accurate, Casey. That is the vibe because he he has said that jokingly before. Okay, Casey, what is going on in pop culture today? Well, first up, the L.A. County District Attorney has charged Canadian rapper Tory Lanez with shooting Megan Thee Stallion this summer. In a statement released yesterday, the DA's office says that Lanez, whose real name is Daystar Peterson, faces two felony charges. That includes assault with a semi-automatic firearm and carrying a concealed, loaded, and unregistered firearm in a vehicle. Court documents show that he also faces additional allegations of personally using a firearm and inflicting great bodily injury. Lanes allegedly shot at Megan back in July when she got out of an SUV they were in following a fight. After initially protecting him, Megan named names on Instagram in August. In response, Lanes released an album last month called Daystar, featuring 17 tracks denying that he did anything wrong and attacking both Megan and the people who supported her. 
Apparently, the DA didn't find the album convincing. If convicted as charged, Lane's faces a possible maximum sentence of 22 years and eight months in state prison. I'm actually really glad this happened. I know that we've been talking a lot about how criminal justice reforms need to happen, how charges against Black people can be, you know, overly wrought by our criminal justice system. But this seems pretty warranted this time around. Yeah, I'm glad that the DA is doing something. Yes. And, you know, we can still like fight for police reform while also knowing that we don't have it yet. So what we have is going to have to do and we can't just stop like giving out justice and justice does need to be served for Megan for what happened to her and what she's been put through. Um, I also this is beside the point, but I do find it interesting that his real name is Daystar only because that's like a really cool name. And why would you change it to Tori? I don't know. It makes no sense to me either. Like, that is a memorable ass name. Yeah, very memorable. I haven't heard it before. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's uh, one of many poor choices I would go out on a limb and say that Mr. Lane has made. All right. And moving on. This is wild and very happy news. But Mindy Kaling revealed last night that she just had a secret baby. <laughs> Kaylee was on the late show with Stephen Colbert last night where she said, oh, by the way, yeah, I have a son. Yes, I'm it's it's I'm telling it for the first time now. It feels so strange. But um, I had a I give birth to a baby boy on September 3rd. No one even knew you were pregnant. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like this is news to a lot of people. It's true. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, literally nobody knew. She even posted full body pictures of herself within the last week. Although I will say there have been instances of celebrities in the past stocking up on pictures that they can post while pregnant so that nobody catches on. But anyway, E! News says that according to a source of theirs, Kaling wanted to announce her pregnancy at the Met Gala, but, you know, clearly that didn't happen. Also, lest we forget, Kaling has been a secret pregnancy expert before. Once she was expecting her first child, her daughter Catherine, who goes by the cutest name of all, Kit, she asked for people to respect her privacy. Then the big question was, who was the child's father? And a lot of people guessed it was her ex and former co-star on The Office, BJ Novak. But this week, she actually revealed that Novak is her daughter's godfather. So then and now, I guess we just won't know because Mindy isn't spilling. And you know what? I respect that. Good for you, Mindy. But also, what the fuck up secret baby? You know, but this makes sense to me. Quarantine's the perfect time to have a secret baby. This, it's also a time where I'm, and I stand by this. When we come out of quarantine and more actors are filming, we will see entirely new and younger faces on the actors we have known because it's the perfect time to hide anything that's happening to your body. <laughs> yep. Unless you are like certain family whose show is ending soon and you're just putting it all on Instagram <laughs> as you continually change what you look like until you're all one face, all same face. Sorry, ladies. I, I, I really believe this though. Okay. When we come back, we've got musical legend Gloria Estefan with us. ERB. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com/slash 2022. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. 
Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Our guest today is an absolute music legend. Her hit songs, Conga and Get On Your Feet, have been stuck in our heads for decades. She's got a new album out called Brazil 305 and is going to be bringing some absolute fire to your Facebook watch feeds alongside her family. That's right. Today, we are talking to the one, the only Gloria Estefan about her new Facebook watch show, Red Table Talk, The Estefans. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? We're all great here in Miami. Thankfully, everybody healthy and that's all that matters and super excited about both Brazil 305 and this new show, Red Table Talk, The Estefans. Yeah, congrats on the new show. Uh, so this is a new addition to the Red Table Talk franchise on Facebook Watch, which was started by Jada Pinkett Smith, Willow Smith, and Adrian Banfield Nora. So uh, tell us, how did you get involved in this project? Did Jada call you up and say, hey, Gloria? <laughs> I wish it would have been Jada calling me up. No, two years ago, I was out in LA and they asked for a meeting. Westbrook, her company, and uh, Ellen Rakatan, who had been with Oprah for many years and a great producer. Now, through the years, they've pitched me a lot of talk shows because of my niece, Lily, who's on Facebook Watch Show with me. And the fact that I knew her schedule from doing a live show on television every day, I knew that that was something that I wouldn't want to do. So when they came to me and said, look, we, we would love to expand. They asked me if I watch Red Table. I go, absolutely. I'm a huge fan. And they said, well, we want to expand it and we want to expand it with your family, with you, Lily, and your daughter, Emily. And immediately I thought, I get to spend more time with them if I, if I do this. And uh, I go, let's hope they like the idea. And they did. Lily actually said yes. And then she said, what the hell did I do? I just said yes to something. I don't know what. But no, we, it, it's really been an incredible experience, the three of us at the table. We are very close. I mean, Lily... Uh, lived with me and Emilio and my son and his parents who my in-laws lived with us from the beginning of our marriage and uh, Lily who is the daughter of Emilio's only brother uh, her dad and her brother lived with us for a year and a half when they came from Cuba so we are really tight as a family 
And I think that's going to be what people hopefully will identify with. I hope they feel like they're a part of our family and letting us into theirs in a certain way. And we're hoping to do what Jada's show has done, which is help heal people and get conversations started, especially in our Latino households that everything's going on just like in everybody's, but we don't talk about it too much. So uh, it's really a, a wonderful opportunity to just open things up and we're going to be as honest as they have been and hopefully go to places that will spark conversation. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned, you know, every community has topics that are taboo or not really spoken about in polite conversation. Is there anything that's like that in your family or the broader Latino community that you're either looking forward to talking about or even dreading for that matter? <laughs> Uh, well, I wouldn't dread anything because if there was something I dreaded, I would not do the show. No, but, uh, but I will give you an example. My mother was chaperoned with my father to the point that they were married already. They signed the paper and my grandmother went with them in the car until she was married the following day by the church. She hadn't even kissed my father before they got married. And I used to say, mom, I'd bug her, you know, because my sister and I are very irreverent and we're always trying to, we were always trying to yank my mom's chain and we'd go, but mom, what if, what if it would have been a terrible kisser? What if you wouldn't have liked how he tasted it? She's going, oh no, 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 we're not talking about this. My mom gave me the life cycle library when I was a kid as my sex talk. So that should tell you. <laughs> She goes, here, they know better than I do. I mean, I, I, that's the kind of thing. And my mom was a super intelligent woman and very open, late, especially in her later years. But that was one subject, sex, that she would not let you breathe anywhere near her. So, um, yeah, so we have a whole episode on sexuality and especially because my daughter Emily came out three years ago, so very publicly. And no one has ever known about how the ha the family dealt because, you know, uh, for me, it was a non-issue, but apparently to M there was all this stuff wrapped up and we talk about it on the show. And so we're hoping to really that kind of thing, you know, that, that is necessary because there's a lot of young people out there hurting and there's a lot of people, we have an episode on mental health. There's so many people that are suffering through depressions and things right at this moment. We bring a lot of experts also to the table because even though I studied psychology and I fancy myself, the real fake doctor, the real fake lawyer, the real fake vet, and all my family treats me as such. I do want actual, you know, uh, people that know that their recommendations are going to be correct ones for people out there listening. And so we're trying to cover those angles as well. So the Smiths have been really praised for creating a space of vulnerability and truth on Red Table Talk. How do you intend to maintain that on your version of this show? by being vulnerable and truthful. Same thing, honest, honest. You know, it wasn't difficult because since it was the three of us and we really just did have a conversation, we we're just talking about things. And funny enough, what we found was that we hadn't discussed a lot of these things in decades that we've been together, usually because when we are all together, there's a lot of other people too. You know, there was the rest of your family and then that these aren't topics that you get into with a giant group of people. Emily was surprised at how much she didn't know about her own mother and Lily. We were surprised how much we didn't know about Emily, even though she's been raised with me, like literally next to me for the last 25 years. It was really an eye-opening experience. 
In your first episode, which came out on Wednesday, you talk with Lily about her divorce from her husband, Lorenzo, in 2017. What was the hardest part about recounting that story for the show? I think the hardest part is that, well, first of all, Lily couldn't have done it before now because she was raw. She was like uh, emotionally couldn't go there. Even, you know, when I had to talk her down on many situations and I was really right by her side, I was kind of her real fake lawyer because she couldn't bring herself even to read everything that goes along with all that craziness. And also to hear what Lena, what their daughter had to say, because, you know, right before we were going to shoot the show, we knew Emilio was coming. Emily was going to be there. But I told La Flaca, that's Lily, I said, you know, Lena's 18. She's a woman. And I wouldn't want her to feel left out. Let's at least invite her if she wants to say something, because I think it's really important to get her perspective if there's anything she wants to say. Lily's trying to always protect the kids. So what came out of that little girl's mouth, we were all, you know, at the table with our mouths open and um, it's been such a process for her. So it was tough to talk about. We'd never really talked about it. We kept everything fresh. We had a word pineapple that we used whenever we were talking too much about something because we wanted to keep it fresh for the table. We didn't want to have discussed anything about it. I mean, you have to talk about, okay, what subject matter are you going to do? But but anytime we would start discussing, they would shut us up. So we came up with that word even for each other. Okay, pineapple. You're saying too much right now. You can save it for the table. A pre-production safe word. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, in an interview with NBC News, Lily said one of her goals for the show is bringing back this idea of la sobra. I'm going to completely butcher Sobremesa. Yes, that's the one. Sobremesa. Leave that in, Dan. <laughs> Let her correct me. That's totally fine. So bringing this back, the idea of sitting around a table after a meal and talking with family over coffee. So how about you? What are your goals for this show? What do you want people to take away from it? Well, I hope they get a lot of information that they feel like they're not alone. You know, re-spark the sobremesa, like Lily said now, because people are actually having dinner a lot more together in their own homes than maybe was happening when everybody had that crazy schedule. I know it's happened that way for my son and his wife and son. And for me, it would be just like, so people don't feel alone so that they know that we are all going through the same stuff. Yeah. So they connectivity is my, my main goal for this connecting on a deeper level, even than I have with my fans, although they've, my accident caused them to connect with me on a very personal and human level, separate from the celebrity. So that happened 30 years ago. So now I just hope to broaden that relationship into something like this. And it's very familial. We're very family oriented. And uh, hopefully they'll get that from that. And before we let you go, you're an absolute icon in your home city of Miami. Can you tell us something about Miami that people might not know, but you're always ready to educate people on? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Okay, well, funny enough, I've lived here my entire life since I'm two years old, except when I did forays to San Antonio, Texas, and Columbia, South Carolina, when my dad was in the Army. But I had never gone to the Everglades. I had never taken an airboat ride. And these things are incredibly interesting. I was blown away when I was out there in the middle, sitting on an airboat and gators, like literally two feet from you. So yeah, gators can swim and <laughs> gators can cross into canals. And 
We have spotted gators at the beach recently because of craziness that's gone on. So they are very mobile and they are very fast. So don't think that that lazy, big, fat-looking alligator cannot outrun you. They can outrun you. That's something that people may not know. And for your own safety, just know this, people. <laughs> Gators can run fast. Best Miami fun fact. This is the absolute <laughs> best Miami fun fact. Gators will outrun you. <laughs> well, Gloria, it was so great having you on the show today. When will new episodes of Red Table Talk, the Stefans, be going up? Well, they're going to be going up every seven days. We started October 7th. We October 14th is the second. And I guess every Wednesday they'll pop up or you can watch them wherever you want, really, because that's the beauty of Facebook Watch and, you know, media that you can uh, pull it up on your device or your TV. By the way, there's apps, smart TV. You can download the Facebook Watch app right to your TV and see it on the big screen, just like any other show. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Stay healthy and safe. All right. It's time for Meanwhile on the Internet. And uh, it turns out that Barbie, yes, the doll Barbie, has an official vlog and she's been making some really good points. Take a listen to this post that went up on her YouTube channel on Wednesday. It features an animated version of Barbie talking with her black friend, Nikki. Remember when we were going to join that French honor club at school? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I made a perfect score on the entrance test, but when the teacher, who didn't know me at all, gave me my results, he told me I only did well because I got lucky. He said he knew I couldn't speak French that well. What? You speak French better than all of us. Why didn't you just stay in the club and prove him wrong? I don't want to have to constantly prove and reprove myself. And uh, they don't leave it at that. Oh no. They take that subtext and make it bold, large font text. People did these things to me because I was black and they made the wrong assumptions about me. And they don't make those assumptions about white people like me. And that's not fair because that means that white people get an advantage that they didn't earn and black people get a disadvantage that they don't deserve. Exactly. It's really serious. Some people even get hurt when others think the wrong things about them. That's exactly why people are marching because when enough of us stand together, people pay attention. Right. Because when we don't say anything, we're just letting it continue. Barbie's vlogs have also addressed other issues like saying sorry when you did nothing wrong and girls being told they're too quiet and the shitty defense mechanism of basically every male comedian. You know that whole I'm only joking thing. You know that thing when um, someone maybe says something that's teasing or mean and then you act like you're not okay with it and then they say in defense, what, I'm only joking? Like, you're the one who has to be okay with it. Like, they get away with being mean or maybe not taking responsibility for their actions because somehow by making it a joke makes it less hurtful. I really don't like that. And I love these vlogs, Hayes. Right? I need to go back and watch literally all of Barbie's vlogs, I guess. That's my weekend project now. No, you know what? I have I have a friend who has written for Hasbro kids shows and and stuff like that. And it, it really is a great way to like really like truncate these emotions and these feelings and these lessons into a way that's like easily understandable and just obvious for these little kids. And I think it's like a I think it's great. I do too. Like and these are such complex issues, but are broken down in a way that actual kids can understand. That's not talking down to them. And I 
really love that. I see why it went viral like so hard on Twitter. No, and I love it too. And I and I do think like I get it that sometimes like it can be a little bit simple for like adults, but I do think these examples are put in a way where like, oh no, you could show these to like your parents and then they'd be like, or your white friend and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see this now. You know, like it makes sense. <laughs> right. And it's in just such plain and simple terms. I love the breadth of the issues that they're talking yes. about. Like all the shit that you you, like I know that women talk about amongst themselves because it's so freaking annoying that they have to deal with all of these things in our society. And here's Barbie just laying it out. I mean, I knew that she was an astronaut. I knew she was a lawyer at this point, a doctor, but also a social activist. Good, nice. Good job, Barbie. Yes. And Hayes, remind me later to send you the TikTok of this girl who points out all the Barbies that are gay and for sale. <laughs> What? What? No. What? Okay. She just looks at them and their occupations and goes, gay. Mm. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> I'm amazing. Lessons for us all. <laughs> all right. That is it for today slash this week. Join us on Monday when BuzzFeed News White House reporter Kadia Goba will be here to talk about how wild it's been covering Trump while he's been coronavirus positive. And remember, we want your Chicago pizza takes because our audio engineer is from Long Island and we can't wait to hear how mad you make him. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bowser, Alan Haberchak, Erica Nedanine, and Sierra Tall. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mongash Shatikater, Samantha Hennig, Patrick McMenamin, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.